Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm so glad again, yet another time, I can add this to my testimony that the Lord has brought us together again to go into his word, to receive a blessing from him, to be ministered to, even to fellowship. Although it's virtual, I'm grateful for this opportunity. Because wherever you are, that's where God is. His arms are not too short that he cannot save. And wherever we are, whenever we call him, he can answer us. And I'm grateful on today. want to give the saints time to come in. Um, give them time to come into the room. We're getting ready to begin Bible class. And uh, grateful to the Lord for the saints of God here in our nation's capital Washington, D.C., Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C., and those of you who are there in the Bronx Refuge Temple Annex, I have the privilege and the honor of being your pastor. Uh, it is my joy, uh, and I'm grateful to the Lord for the people of God there and here. And to those of you who have joined us, the people of God everywhere, we have people that Join us from Jamaica, from the Philippines, and uh, other parts of the world. I'm, I'm receiving inboxes from you and emails from you, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for yet another day that you have kept us, another opportunity for us to come together it is our prayer, Lord, that you'd walk among us home by home, car by car, office by office, wherever we are, that you would meet us there, minister to our hearts and minds. Do this for us, we ask. Feed our souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you now. Um, I'm getting ready to kick off another series of lessons and I'm going to be talking about salvation. Yep, salvation. Uh, I'd say for the next two to three weeks, it might be four weeks, I'm going to be talking about salvation. And I'm going to start in the Old Testament. I'm going to start in the book of Esther. Um, Esther chapter 8, verse number 6. And... Um, you might say that's a strange place uh, to begin, Pastor Fields, talking about salvation. Uh, listen, when you talk about salvation, you really can start anywhere in the Bible uh, and segue into a conversation about salvation. But there's a reason why I'm starting here in the book of Esther, um, and you'll understand why. Esther chapter 8 verse number six uh you know i've i've been praying i know many of you have been praying uh and particularly during this pandemic because things have been stressful uh and a lot of things that i took for granted re i realized i was taking it for granted during this time um but praying for those that are not saved wanting them to see the need to get the holy ghost and you know, some of the hardest people 
to that to say yes of those uh, sometimes who are sitting right under the word, um, uh, and they still won't say yes to the Lord. Uh, so I'm I'm going to dedicate this this lesson tonight uh, to our unsaved loved ones, and that's that is the subject of my lesson tonight. Uh, Lord, save our unsaved loved ones. I'm in the book of Esther, chapter eight, verse number six, and I want to read to you the words of Esther. Uh, she says, "For how can I endure?" to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? And we remember those of us uh, from Sunday school and uh, some of you may have studied the book of Esther. Uh, the theme of the book deals with God's providential care. The fact that God makes provision for his people. Uh, and that applies to salvation as well. Uh, let's give you a quick backdrop. Uh, this is after Babylonian captivity. Remember, uh, I believe it was Daniel that had to interpret the vision that Nebuchadnezzar had. And he said, listen, buddy, and I'm paraphrasing, you're not going to be in, in command forever. Uh, one nation is going to come and knock you down and another nation is going to come and knock them down and so forth. Uh, remember, he had the, the vision or the dream of the statue. Uh, different parts of his body were made out of different uh, substances. Well, uh, this is after the Babylonian captivity, meaning uh, and the next group or the next people that were up were the Persians. So the Persians conquered the Babylonians, and uh, now the center of, of uh, government is no longer in Babylon, uh, but the center of government has shifted uh, and transferred for these Jews who were in exile. They're still in exile. Uh, the Persians now, now the capital city of Persia is Susa, or Shushan, uh, and the king's name is Exerces. That's the Greek name. Uh, Asterisk is the Hebrew name. I can't even pronounce the actual Persian name. I, I would have to practice it. I won't even embarrass myself. Uh, but that's who's in charge now. Uh, and he's got all these Jews. Uh, and some of them had matriculated to high positions. In society, they're supposed to be in exile. They're supposed to be slaves. But in the midst of this, uh, they're being put in top positions. Daniel is one, right? He's made a governor. Uh, he's got all this authority, the three Hebrew boys. Uh, and there were others uh, who achieved greatness even in the midst of all of this now. Now the Persians are ruling and we have a queen. Could you imagine? Uh, and I don't have time to get into all of it, but you remember the story. There is a Jewish queen. How did that happen? You mean to tell me God worked it out even in the midst of, of what was supposed to be a, um, an exilic situation, oppression, and, uh, you know, 
He had people strategically put in place, including in the king's chambers. We have a Jewish queen now. Her name is Esther. Hallelujah. Beautiful woman. Uh, but there was trouble now uh, because whenever uh, the people of God seem to be making progress, the enemy will continue to do whatever he can to knock them down. I would say not just knock them down, but to destroy them. So we're looking uh, a time frame about 475 BC. Queen Esther is asked this burning question. Uh, well, I would say she's asking this question. It's a burning question that forms the key of our study on tonight. And she's referring to her own people, the Jews, uh, and they were in grave danger. Remember Haman? Uh, he wanted the Jews destroyed, annihilated, genocide, just get rid of all of them. Um, and he maneuvered so until it almost happened. It would have happened. A uh, decree would go out uh, that all these Jews all over the province, and they were scattered everywhere, uh, would be put to death. Uh, a decree was signed that all Jews were to be put to death. All Jews were to be put to death. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Esther, the third chapter, the 13th verse. Listen to what is written. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the 30th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Now, that's diabolical. In one day, a decree was signed that it's just going to take one day in all the provinces of Persia, wherever the Jews are, kill them all, annihilate them, and take all their goods, whatever money they had, uh, gained whatever whatever they have whatever cattle they have take everything and kill them and, and esther was horrified remember uh and filled with concern for their deliverance and her words uh i believe her words have something to say to us today uh, because these are trying times and if the enemy had his way he would destroy all of us doesn't want any of us uh, to hear the word or to be alive so we can receive the things of God. Um, and, and Esther is, is horrified by, by all that is going on. Uh, so it speaks to us. I know it's speaking to me. Uh, and, and what Esther says is, how can I endure to see the evil that shall come upon my people? I'm in, in, our, in our anchor scripture Esther, the eighth chapter, the sixth verse. And how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred, my family? You mean to tell me uh, this adversary wants to destroy the whole house? I'm not just talking about us as a race, but he, he has the audacity to want to destroy my whole house, my whole family. He doesn't want any of us to be saved. Doesn't want any of us to, to uh, 
receive the deliverance of God or to be set free. He wants to destroy, rob. Remember what Jesus said? He wants to rob, kill, and destroy. Hallelujah. But there's an Old Testament scripture that says, but in his favor is life. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So Esther's words, and I'm going to read them again. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Those words are speaking even today. Uh, and this is what it's saying. It's, it's, it's saying that some who are near and dear to us are in great danger. Think about it. Uh, and the days that we're living in, there are those who are near and dear to us, people in your family, people that are connected to you, uh, that are in grave danger, um, not just because of there's a pandemic, uh, but because of sin uh, and because of the rejection of God's word and because of, of what the enemy is attempting to do, young and old, he doesn't care who you are, hallelujah. And Esther spoke of this destruction of her family. Her family. Listen to me. What is the spiritual condition? What would be the spiritual condition and position of our loved ones who are not saved, who have not received the Holy Ghost, who have not said yes to the Lord? Uh, they're not born-again believers. What, what do you think their condition or position? I don't care how much money they make. Or what kind of house they come out of, or, you know, what is their spiritual condition? And, and so let's go to the Word of God. Uh, the Bible uh, lets us know that a, a person who was not born again or who, was, who has not received Christ as their Savior, who does not have the Holy Ghost, uh, Luke 19 and 10, listen, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Hallelujah. They don't, they don't know Christ. They haven't said yes to the Lord and given their life to the Lord. They're considered still to be lost. Um, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. They don't hear the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If they have not received the gospel, uh, they have not grabbed hold of the gospel, brought it into their bosom and said yes to the Lord, then they're considered lost. John 3.16, we quote that scripture all the time. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So not only would I be lost, but I would perish. Hallelujah. If I don't receive this salvation through his son, uh, here, 2 Peter 2 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's not God's will that anyone should perish. It's God's will that we all would come into a place of repentance. I don't receive Christ. My loved ones don't receive Christ. Not only are they lost, 
Uh, not only are they in danger of perishing, but they, they are in danger of condemnation. John 3.18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So this is serious. I'm telling you, this is serious. My loved ones don't receive Jesus Christ, don't stay in the way of salvation. Uh, they're in danger of condemnation. 1 Corinthians 11:32. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So that's why it's important. I want my loved ones saved. Because if they're saved and they hold on to their salvation, they will not, hallelujah, have to bear the condemnation that the world will have to go through. So what kind of spiritual condition or position are those who are not saved in my family or, or those who are connected to me and they're not saved? They're, they're considered lost they're in danger of condemnation. They're condemned. Uh, also, uh, they're in danger of perishing. And then they're under the wrath of God. John 3, 36. John 3 and 36. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. So if I don't receive Christ, if my loved ones don't receive Christ, the wrath of God will abide upon them. Romans 1.18. I'm giving you the word today. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those who are in unrighteousness. Who are in unrighteousness. And those who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They're holding the truth. They're hearing the truth. Hallelujah. But they will not come out of their sin and receive the righteousness of God. You or they are in danger of receiving the wrath of God. Bible also says that they are spiritually blind. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. And whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Paul says in Ephesians 4.18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So the Bible describes what kind of spiritual condition or position our loved ones are who will not receive Christ as their Savior, will not receive the salvation of our God. Not only... Uh, are they considered spiritually blind, but spiritually dead? Ephesians 2.11, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Hallelujah. People who are in sin, they think they're really living, but they're really dead. You don't really come into life until you receive Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Satan is a thief and he comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I'll come that you may have life and that more abundantly. Remember what Paul says in Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So he's saying you, you, those of you who have received Christ, you're alive. Hallelujah. Dead to sin, alive unto Christ. He's forgiven you of all of your trespasses. Also, um, the final thing I want to say, the Bible describes uh, what the spiritual condition or position of someone who has not received Christ, and we're talking about our loved ones, they're without God. They're without hope and without Christ. Ephesians 2 and 12, that at that time you were without Christ. Paul is describing to the Ephesian church what their position was before salvation. After salvation, he's telling him, you're sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But before salvation, he said, that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Hallelujah. Having no hope and without God in the world. So those who are near and dear to us are in great danger if they're not saved, if they have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and Esther, when she heard about the, the annihilation, the possibility of her whole uh, people, but her family, her loved ones being annihilated simply because of uh, the God they serve. <laughs> yes, they were in they were in Babylon, but they were God's children, and the enemy wanted to destroy them. Yes, hallelujah. Um, doesn't matter it doesn't matter what decade or what generation it is, the enemy wants to destroy any possibility for you to have any contact or relationship with God. Uh, with those who are connected to you, their present condition and their future prospect are terrible indeed if they don't receive Christ. Let's look at John 8 and 21. It says, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. And let's go down to uh, verse 24 of that same book, John 8 and 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Now Jesus, Jesus said those words out of his mouth. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So this is the condition of those who don't receive Christ. And today we're focusing on our unsaved loved ones. If they don't receive Christ, Jesus said, if you don't believe that I'm he, hallelujah, ye shall die in your sins. This is what Jesus taught and what the Bible teaches. Now, um, 
let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with us, with his mighty angels, I'm sorry, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, when you apply these words and you're thinking, oh my Lord, I have unsaved loved ones in my family and the enemy wants to wipe the, the family out. This is why families, the enemy is fighting families. This is why society is trying to destroy the structure of the family and restructure, hallelujah, and just, and just wipe out any, any resemblance of what God considers a family to be and just destroy it, totally annihilate it, hallelujah. Uh, and if you apply these words to those who are in our family who do not yet belong to the Lord, um, it, it, bothers, it bothers my spirit. Uh, it was the thought of the actual danger that that Esther is having, the, the very thought of it, hallelujah, that my people are facing annihilation, my family, because she says even my, kin, my kindred. Mordecai was her uncle, and there were other family members there uh, that are not mentioned, but they were all there together. Uh, and this caused Esther to cry out, I've got to do something. I've got to cry out. She cries out in agony. Let's go again to Esther 8 and 6. And she says, how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Now, let me ask you, do you feel this way about your loved ones? Uh, all of this stuff that's going on? And the fact that these are the last and evil days, hallelujah, Jesus may come any moment. I want my family to be saved. I don't want any of them to be lost. Uh, those who are not blood washed and born again, uh, and I'm bearing mind of this, and this, this really puts something in my spirit, just, just thinking about it. My, 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 I, have, I have children. I have grandchildren. I have a niece and nephew. I have cousins, hallelujah, who need, who need the Holy Ghost. They need to be saved. And I know the enemy wants to wipe them out, hallelujah. And we should, we should feel a deep concern for the salvation of our loved ones. So um, not only is it's a fact, yes, that those who are near and dear to us are in danger, um, and the other thing is we should feel a deep concern for the salvation of our loved ones. How can I bear, is what Esther said. How can I, can't, I can't even bear to think of this. It, it was almost more than she could handle. Uh, listen to what is said in Esther, the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushat. This is Esther, and say, and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, 
and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So she's talking to Uncle Mordecai. Come on, we need to fast. We need to put the people on a fast because the enemy wants to destroy, uh, hallelujah, the family. He wants to destroy the people uh, and our kindred. He wants to wipe them out. Um, she was even willing to die because it was against the law just to go knock on the king's door. You had to come only by invitation only. And if he did not extend his scepter, she would be put to death. That was Persian law. That was the Persian law. Hallelujah. So she said, but if I perish, I perish. But I'm, I'm going to see the king. I'm going. She was going on behalf of her people, on behalf of her kindred. Holly, willing to die if she had to, uh, that her people, that her family would be saved from destruction. What a tremendous uh, a love and compassion that she had for her family, for her kindred. Hallelujah. It filled her heart. Let's, let's compare some scriptures, Exodus 32 and 32. Exodus 32 and 32 says, Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou has written. This is Moses. Moses was willing to die for his for his people. People, folks, you know, and, and we got crazy folk in our family. Uh, and Moses understood, but he said, Lord, please don't don't let them be wiped out. Please, please save them. Do something with them. Help them. Uh, and he, forgive their sin. Uh, and, and Moses was willing to, to give his life for his family, for his for his people. Romans 9. Paul writes these words in Romans, the ninth chapter, verses 1, 2, and 3. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So even Paul uh, was willing to give up himself. He said, I wish if it, if it would help, I wish I could just give up my flesh for my brethren, my kinsmen. Hallelujah. That they may come into the ark of safety, that they may receive the salvation of God. He had a deep concern and we should have a deep concern for our loved ones. Hallelujah. When our loved ones are in physical danger, and, and they are, we all are, yes, because of what's going on medically, what's, what's just going on in society, uh, what's going on racially, hallelujah, what's going on because of sin. Yes, uh, and Esther had an immediately concern for her family, for her, for her kindred. Uh, so we should have a deep concern. Don't just look around and complain about what you see. Don't just shake your head uh, at your family and no, uh, let's come together, people of God, and pray for our family members, our loved ones. They need to be saved. Hallelujah. Esther said, we're going on a fast. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're going to pray that God would turn these things around. Right. 
the greatest need that your family has and my family has is not money. And we all need money, yeah. Yes, sir. Money pays the bills. It's not car or house. Uh, the greatest need that your family has is their soul salvation. After all, our bodies uh, are only temporal. <laughs> the car is temporal. The car breaks down. Even the house is temporal. It's nice. Money is temporal. It's good to have money. Hallelujah. But our, these bodies are temporal. But our souls never die. So the question is, where where will you spend eternity? Let's Let's look at Mark chapter 8 verses 36 and 37 this is Jesus talking he says what would it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange what shall a man give in exchange for his soul hmm. revelation let's go there in the book of revelation you'll find these words uh, chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. And I saw the dead, small and great. I saw the dead, small and great. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now this is after the rapture, right? This is, this is even after uh, that millennial period. Right, because after the rapture, uh, he's going to come back with his saints and establish his thousand-year millennial kingdom. Right, and and we don't have time to go through the whole thing, but then there's going to be uh, another judgment, right? Uh, where and we're already with him, uh, but that he's going to judge every man according to their own works. Uh, so those those people who have died without Christ, hallelujah, they, they're going to be woken up after all of this happens. The, the rapture will have occurred, the millennial period, will, tribulation period will have occurred, a millennial period will have occurred, and now uh, he's going to have judgment, and he's going to wake them up, those who were buried at sea, those who were buried at sea without Christ in their life, wherever they were buried, they're going to get pull them up. And they're going to be judged. And if their name is not in that book, he's going to open up books. Hallelujah. And if their name is not there, they're going to be cast into hell. Right? Uh, well, actually, uh, a place worse than hell, the lake of fire. Cast into the lake of fire. Because death and hell are going to be all cast in the lake of fire. And this is the second death. The second death. And whosoever was not found and written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, uh, and I know 
people don't like the preacher to talk about hell. They only want him to talk about heaven. But if you don't make it to heaven, where, where do you think you're going? Right? You get mad at the preacher. I'm so sick of preachers talking about hell. And I think this is one reason why a lot of preachers stop preaching hell because um, they gave in to the complaints of the people. It's not politically correct. But listen, a true man of God is, is not a politician. Uh, uh, the preacher's job is to give you the word, all of the word. And if we don't make it to heaven, guess where you're going? It's either heaven or hell. There's no such thing as purgatory. There's no waiting room. There's no, there's no couch that you lay on with, with, a, with a cool drink in your hand. If you don't make it into glory, you will be in hell. Yes, it's better for us to make the rapture. This is why uh, I am so concerned uh, about my unsaved loved ones. I, I want to stay saved and I want them saved. Hallelujah. So uh, when Esther realized the danger her people were in, she went into action three ways. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to use it for this lesson. And I, I, I'm starting here in Esther, hopefully to stir and help you to understand the urgency, the need for our unsaved loved ones to be saved. To be delivered because the enemy wants to destroy them. Yes, annihilation, destruction, right? Uh, but Esther, when she realized the danger that her people were in, not only the Jews entirely, but she says, and my kindred, my family. She went into action in three ways. She, she concerned uh, herself and she showed her concern in three ways, I should say, um, in her determination, her intercession, and cooperation. Mm -hmm. She sought for their deliverance in three ways. Determination, intercession, and cooperation. And these are uh, the three ways in which we are to go into action for the salvation of our loved ones. Yes. I, I can't speak for you, but I'm I'm tired of of looking around and and just just saying I I wish my loved ones were saved. I I want Lord, what 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 else can I do? I I want every unsaved person in my family, the whole house, to receive the salvation of the Lord. Let's talk about determination because she was determined. She resolved to give herself. No rest until her people were delivered. Yes, until my people are saved, Lord, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to keep coming to you. I'm going to see the king. I'm going to talk to whoever. Uh, but in, in, I'm going to continue to come to the throne and talk to you about my unsaved children, my unsaved family, my uncle, my auntie. If they don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to hear their name. If I got to write it down and lay it on the altar, how wonderful it would be if every one of us, hallelujah, that has unsaved loved ones. And I know we, we all got unsaved people. Maybe, you know, and there are some families that are blessed. Everybody in the immediate family has the Holy Ghost, but you got an uncle somewhere, an aunt somewhere, 
a cousin somewhere that needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And what if all of us, just like Esther, had so much determination um, that the thought of them not being saved gripped us so much that every time we opened our mouths, we're saying, Lord, save them. Lord, deliver them. Lord, bring them into the ark of safety. Hallelujah. She's the queen. Now, the Lord put her in that place. And yes, listen, if you don't know who you are, you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. Yes, you are. We are priests in the Lord's church. He has made us all priests. But we can go in intercessory. We can go and pray. And that's the second thing that Esther did. She went into intercession. She went into the presence of the king and pleaded for him to release her people. Let's go to Esther chapter 8 verse 5 and said, If it please the king and if I have found favor in his sight and the things seem right before the king and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman the son of Hamimah. Hamedatha, I'm sorry, Hamedatha, the Adjugate, which he wrote to destroy the Jews which are in all the king's provinces. So she went into intercession. She went to the king. And that's what we have to do. We have to intercede for our loved ones. Yeah, lay on your face. Go to the king and say, Lord, and shout out their names. That's right. Say their names out. Put their names out there. Lord, save. Lord, deliver. Uh, here is a picture um, I have in my notes. Here is a picture of a believer going into the presence of the king of heaven to plead for the salvation of his loved ones. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. So Paul is saying, I go to the king, I go to God. Save these people, save my people. And that's what we have to do, intercede. Save my daughter, save my son, save my nephew, save my niece, save my grandson, save my granddaughter. Call their names out. Yes, intercede. Make a prayer list, put it on the prayer list. Right. I know. I know you got money on the list. You got a new car on the list. You got a new home on the list. You got some of I got my husband. I'm, I'm, I need a husband. And um, put your unsaved loved ones on that list. Lord, deliver. Lord, save. Hallelujah. And believe. I believe. I believe that the king is going to do something. He's going to save. Will the Lord will the Lord deny such a prayer? My Savior, James 5 and 17. James 5, 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And I read that to say that if he was a prophet, and the Bible says he had like passions just like we are, which means he had concerns about his family's safety and, and salvation, just like we. And he prayed. Yes, he did. He prayed that it would not rain, and it didn't rain for the space of three years and six months. 
God answers prayer. God answers prayer. If you believe that, put that in the comments section. Hashtag God answers prayer. Yes, let's come together and pray for our unsaved loved ones. And, and whenever we determine to pray and to cook, and um, God answers our prayers. You got to be determined. You got to be determined. You got to intercede. And the last thing Esther did, uh, it deals with cooperation. Esther, she got together with Mordecai. Hallelujah. She got somebody to touch and agree with her and to work with her. And this is what, this is why we don't need to have no division in the house. There shouldn't be no isms and schisms between us. We shouldn't be bickering because there's too much to pray for. <laughs> there's too much, too much, too many high places need to be torn down. Too many enemies to fight. Too much going on for us to be bickering with one another. She found Mordecai, right? Got with her uncle Mordecai and worked together for the salvation of their people. And we got to do the same, come together. We got to do something. Our, our children need the Holy Ghost. Yes, they need the Holy Ghost. Our, our loved ones need the Holy Ghost. We can work together in prayer. That's what we need to do. We, we can come together and gossip. We can come together for this, that, and the other. We need to come together in prayer. Whatever we bind on earth, he'll bind it in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth, he'll loose it in heaven. We can work together in prayer. Hallelujah. Put it in the comment section. We can work together. No. Say we will work together in prayer. We should, and we're encouraged to do so. Let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Verse 19, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's Jesus talking. He said if, if, if two of you would just come together, if you would just come together, we could just come together. If we could just come together and two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Yeah, we can, we can work together by practical effort as illustrated also in, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof which he was, where he was, rather. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven them. They worked together. This is my child. And they all got together. It's, we don't need to be divided. Let's bring our loved ones to the altar. Bring them. If, if you can't bring them bodily, bring them. Uh, and put your put your mouth on it. 
call their names out on the altar and let's work together. I want my family saved. Hallelujah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so when is the last time? Let's Listen, when is the last time? If we can invite them to a cookout, if we can invite them to dinner, if we can invite them for this, that, and the other, uh, invite them to church. Let's go to church. Let's hear the word of God. Come, we have in prayer. Let them know. They let them know. We're, I've been praying for you. I want God to do something for you. It's time. It's time out. How are you for us just looking around and saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. No, let's put it in action. Let's go to the king and say, Lord, save my unsaved loved ones. We're going to be talking about salvation for the next three or four weeks, but I wanted to start here. Whenever we pray, the people of God, whenever we are determined to pray, not complain, not murmur, but when we're determined to pray and cooperate, cooperate, meaning we're coming together, we're in agreement, certainly salvation should be something we can all agree with. We all have different colors that we like. We all drive different cars. Hallelujah. And we all, we're good at showing our differences. But one thing I'm sure Everybody has somebody in their family that needs the Holy Ghost, that needs to be interceded for. So if we came together in cooperation for the members of our, our family that need the Lord, I believe step by step the Lord will start leading them to him, bringing them to them, right? Bringing those loved ones to the point of making a decision for salvation. I believe that. Hallelujah. But we're going to have to come together. Yes. And, and destroy yokes. Cry loud. Cry out to the king. Say, Lord, save my unsaved family. And, and don't limit the power of God uh, or the ability of the Holy Spirit uh, to perform miracles. Don't limit. I don't care. And I say that it, I don't care how far along they are. I don't care the condition of their life, Lord, you can save my unsaved loved ones. Hallelujah. Some of us can witness to the fact because some of us were on the brink of death. We were right there and would have died in our sins, but God saved our lives so he could save our souls. Let's come together and pray, people of God, don't, and don't limit his power. Don't say, well, I don't know if God can deliver her from that. She's been, no, the power of God is strong enough. The blood of Jesus Christ can wash away any stain. And don't forget, don't forget that the Lord might be waiting on us. When are you going to come together? Because his word said, if my people who are called by my name and we like to skip to um, and seek my face. But before you seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, he says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, humble themselves and pray, humble themselves. No big I, no little you, just humble yourself and let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's come together 
I want my children saved, my family saved, the whole house. And at the same time, I'm telling you, don't forget that the Lord might be waiting for us to come to a place of determination, intercession, where we're not just praying for what we want. Lord, do this for me. Lord, give me this, give me that. But we're praying for the needs of someone else. So we need to be like Esther, determined, intercede, and cooperate. Be determined, be an intercessor, and cooperate. So I'm getting ready to close, but I want to come to this place in the word of God. Um, I want to read uh, three more scriptures. Psalms 126 and 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that again because he's talking about harvest, harvest of souls. And I want my family to be part of that harvest. Yes, I do. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing with his sheaves with him. Galatians 6 and 9. My Lord, it says, And let us not be weary in our well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I'm asking for a harvest of souls. Yes, and I want my family saved. Hallelujah. I see destruction all around. I see this world is getting crazy. Yes, it's a different time than what Esther was living in. But the urgency is the same. The result is the same. Death without God? What? Death without God in my life? Hallelujah. I want Christ in my life. And now that I've received him, I want more of him. And I want the same for those who are connected with me. I want them all filled with, I want them delivered. I want them set free. Yes, and there's a decree. There's a decree that's been made. Hallelujah. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The decree has already been written. It's already been written down. Hallelujah. He will save to the utmost. So we have to continue to press. We got to be determined. We have to intercede. And we've got to cooperate with one another. Say, Lord, bring in our children. Bring in our loved ones. Fill them with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. That's where Esther was. I want my, my family delivered. I don't want them to die. I don't want them to be wiped out by the enemy. Hallelujah. And here was the end result of the prayers and the fasting. Hallelujah. And the fact that she went and interceded. She went straight to the king. And we got to go straight to the king. This is what is written. And the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. <laughs> totally opposite from what the enemy wanted. The enemy wanted oppression and death and destruction. The enemy wanted them to lose everything and to wipe them out so there'd be no chance of future. Hallelujah. 
that there would no be no future life and strength. The devil is a liar. But God turned that thing around, and now they have light. Hallelujah. Things are going well. God is with them. They're still here. And they're acknowledging the God in their life. There was gladness and joy, and there was honor. He come on Sunday. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that for your household. I want you to pray it for mine. That everyone that's not saved, everyone that's not delivered, will see the salvation of the Lord. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about salvation. Hallelujah. Getting saved, living saved. The beauty of salvation. How to enjoy this salvation. The results of our salvation. I'm going to be talking about it. But I wanted to start in our homes first. Lord, save our unsaved loved ones. I want to start a prayer line. And this is what I'm asking you to do. For this entire month, I want you to fast with me. For the rest of this month on every Friday, those of you who connect with me in this Bible study every Friday, and I'll remind you of it, we are going to be fasting specifically for our unsaved loved ones every Friday from 6 in the morning until 6 in the evening. Don't eat anything. Now, if you're on medication, use the Daniel fast. You can eat, but don't eat any meat, no sweets, right? But let's turn our plates down and fast. Hallelujah. And at 12 noon, we're going to pray for our unsaved loved ones. We're going to do this together. And at 6 p.m., when you close out your fast, you're going to pray again for your unsaved loved ones. And let's start an electronic prayer line, right? While I'm talking, put the names of the family members in your family that don't have salvation. Hallelujah. They may be a backslider. Yes, they may have never said yes to the Lord. They don't, they're not in the ark of safety. Just put their names there and even tag them. Tell them that Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx and Greater Refuge Temple here in D.C., they're getting ready to pray for them, and we're praying for salvation, that the Lord would just come on in and bless, that they would let them in their lives. Let's start that electronic prayer line. Type their names in. Hallelujah. I want them totally set free, delivered. I want the enemy's hand off of their life. Put their names there. Save, Lord. Hallelujah. Save. Fill with the Holy Ghost. My grandchildren, uh, Katie and Zion. Yes, my daughter, Shekinah. Fill with the Holy Ghost. I, I want them to make it into glory. I want them to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Call their names out. Put it in that session there hallelujah save fill with the holy ghost deliver there's purpose for their lives there's an assignment for their life and i, I don't want the enemy to have his way with them put their names there your nieces your nephew bethany and yes and amon i'm calling my family's name out my brother brett i want him saved fill him with the holy ghost I don't want destruction for his soul. Glory. I want God 
to save the whole house. Don't you clam up. Don't you back up. And don't you be afraid. Esther said, I'm going to talk to the king. And she laid it out. So you lay their names out in that comment section. And we're getting ready to pray. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the lesson on tonight. And we're asking that you would save our unsaved loved ones. Hallelujah. We're going to be fasting and praying as a family, praying for each other's children, each other's loved ones, that salvation will knock on the door even the Holy Ghost will fall in their living rooms. Lives will change step by step. You bring them to a decision of salvation. Let us look up, Lord, and see them sitting in the sanctuary, praising your wonderful name. Those who have backslidden, Lord, bring them back in, we pray. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Touch, Lord, heal, Lord, deliver, and set free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now the Lord bless you. If you want to send me a special request, something that you want me specifically to touch and agree with you on, send me that request, won't you? Admin at grtdc.org and uh, I will lay that on the altar. Yes, I will. And I'll be praying and touching and agreeing with you. And... Um, you have a special request uh, that you want to make known unto me, uh, don't be afraid to send it. Uh, I will touch and agree. Uh, you want me to reach back out to you, we'll do that. Staff will make sure that I get it. I want the Lord to bless you. I want the Lord to bless your whole house. You want to pay your tithes this evening? Want to give an offering to this ministry? Our technician will put that on the screen for you. You may do so. And those of you uh, at the Annex in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. Or I'm sure, I'm sure they'll pass the basket for you. There, those of you who are in the building. And I want to thank you all for being consistent and faithful to the Bible study there at the Annex. Some of you come into the church and you sit there uh, and you're watching me. And I, I pray that the Lord is blessing you as he's blessing everyone else that is connecting with us on tonight. Well, I'm going to let you go. Don't forget we're fasting every Friday, uh, praying to the Lord, uh, and I'll be sharing some other things. I'm going to be in New York. I want to say the 14th and the 15th, we're going to be praying and fasting together there, asking those who are tiring for the Holy Ghost to come on in, come in the building. We can do it safely. I want the Lord to fill those who have been baptized uh, during the course of this pandemic, hallelujah, I want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're going to come in that house and we're going to go back to the old time way. I want God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and it's getting ready to happen here, right here in D.C. too. I'll be letting you know soon. We're going to come into the house. The Lord is dealing with me about bringing prayer back into his house. Mine house shall be a house of prayer. The Lord bless you. I've talked long enough. I don't want to keep you. Hallelujah. But I love you so much and I'm so grateful to the Lord. Meet me here next week, won't you? The Lord says so. But until then, I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and yes, be holy.